This is Curious Minnesota, a Star Tribune project that sends staff from the state's largest newsroom hunting for the answers to great questions we receive from you, our readers. We're here to answer everything you want to know about the state's people, places, and culture. Welcome to Curious Minnesota. I'm your host, Eric Roper. Today we're going to be talking about the tremendous courage displayed by a group of Minnesotans at what is probably the most famous battle ever fought on American soil, the Battle of Gettysburg. Some believe that this pivotal Civil War battle could have ended very differently were it not for the sacrifices made by the young men of the 1st Minnesota Volunteer Infantry Regiment. Several readers contacted Curious Minnesota wanting to know more about this event and why it isn't more celebrated both here in Minnesota and more generally like in the 1993 film Gettysburg, which doesn't mention the first Minnesota. We're talking today with the Star Tribune's Kevin Dukesher, who wrote a great story on the topic for Curious Minnesota that I will link to in the show notes. But first, let's hear from one of the readers whose question inspired that story, Bob Halpert. I'm a history buff, and my great-great-grandfather was part of the Ninth Minnesota. But just going through the history and, and going through the Civil War battles, it just occurred to me that we had a group of uh, Minnesota farm boys and merchants take an action during the, the pivotal battle of the Civil War, and they did a very heroic thing. Most of them paid for it with their lives, and they probably saved the Union and the battle. But here in Minnesota, it seems like there's no recognition of it, that, you know, you think that this would be something we'd talk about on the Fourth of July or have ceremonies or things to cover, but we have no, no recognition of it. And that's what kind of surprises me, that Minnesotans did a very important thing and nobody talks about it. Well, Kevin, thanks so much for joining us today. So we're going to tell this this heroic story about these men who went off to die at Gettysburg and, and made a huge sacrifice. But let's let's sort of set the stage a bit. The beginning of the war, 1861, well, Minnesota was just barely a state, right? So, so what, what, what's going on here when that all begins? Yeah, Minnesota was only three years old. At the time, there were only 172,000 residents in the state, but it just so happened that Governor Alexander Ramsey was in Washington, D.C. on the day that the South fired on Fort Sumter and ignited the war. And what he did was he went to the White House right away to see President Lincoln and pledged a 1,000 soldiers to defend the country, and thus the 1st Minnesota Regiment was born. Okay. And so there ended up being um, 11 regiments, you write in the story, uh, some of whom fought in the U.S.-Dakota War and some of whom fought in the Civil War, right? So this is just one of a number of regiments. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, the difference being that uh, most of the Minnesota regiments that fought in the Civil War fought in the South, in Tennessee, Mississippi, and Arkansas. The 1st Minnesota was the only regiment among the Minnesota's regiments to fight in the famous Eastern battles that we all hear about, Antietam, Fredericksburg, and, of course, Gettysburg. Okay. And so, you, and you also know in the story, these are sort of, these are farm youth, loggers, clerks. I guess you, you mentioned that to sort of just show the diverse, you know, these are young people, but they come from sort of diverse jobs and things here in Minnesota? Yeah, they were, you know, young men. Some of them were fired by the romance of going to war. I think they lost that point of view rather quickly. Some of them were looking for a steady paycheck. Mm -hmm. uh, some of them might have been at loose ends and decided, well, 
you know, and some of them were obviously were motivated by the uh, the whole aspect behind the the reasons for the war about okay. slavery and the rest. Right. So we're going to get into the specifics of of their sacrifice at Gettysburg. But let's talk about Gettysburg for a second. So I'm not a a student of the Civil War that much. I know a little bit about it, but I know that Gettysburg to me, if someone were to ask what's the most famous uh, battle at the Civil War, I would say Gettysburg, just cause, maybe because of the Gettysburg Address or whatever. But tell us about the significance of this battle. Well, it was it really was the turning point of the war. The Confederacy had been making some advances in Virginia, but they never got farther than Gettysburg in terms of invading the North. And uh, they were turned back there. And of course, the war would continue for another couple of years. But Gettysburg was about as far as they got. And it was a three-day battle. It was a, a terribly violent and dramatic battle, uh, as most battles, I suppose, are. But... Uh, the fact that the Union held fast and that uh, the Confederate troops under General Lee had to fall back to Virginia and Maryland gave the Union the, the breathing space it needed to, uh, to go on from there. Okay, so it's the, the Battle of Gettysburg is going on. It's a three-day battle, and so day two is the part that we're going to focus on. So uh, the Minnesota, the first Minnesota is sort of ready to uh, ready for action. And what happens? What what is sort of what? Give us the blow by blow here. Well, what happened was, yeah, as you said, it was the second day at Gettysburg, and there was a threatened break in the Union line in the center of the Union line, actually. And General Winfield Scott Hancock was on the field, and he saw that uh, it was going to take a few minutes to bring up reinforcements from the Union rear. So basically the, the, the defensive line had a hole in it. To bolster the line, that's right. But how to, how to buy that time? Well, he looked around, and the only regiment in sight was the 1st Minnesota, 262 of them. And he ordered, he saw what needed to happen. And so he yelled to Colonel, I think he asked Colonel Colville, William Colville, who was in charge of the 1st Minnesota, which regiment this was. And Colville responded, the 1st Minnesota. And Hancock said, charge those lines. Mm -hmm. And so the Minnesotans fixed bayonets to the end of their rifles and drove down the slope at the Alabamians, who numbered about 1,500. Hmm. So there are 262 Minnesotans against 1,500 Alabamians, which is a you know, a near suicidal type attack. Mm -hmm. And what happened was uh, 15 minutes later after the fighting ended, only 47 of the Minnesotans were still standing. Wow. Uh, The rest of them were either dead or wounded. Okay. And basically, was it a success? I mean, obviously there was a lot of casualties, but was the mission successful? Yes. What they did was they, well, they surprised the Alabamians. They blunted the Confederate attack and the Union Center did hold. And news of news of what the Minnesota did was was well known on the battlefield in the days after. Okay. And I'll just note in the story, there's a lot of interesting things in there, but one, we have a YouTube clip in there that's kind of fascinating, which shows an aerial view of this and the different uh, regiments moving around. So if you just want to visualize Visualize this. It's kind of interesting to look at it that way. So, okay, and then the and then they come. So these people who were still standing, they came back the next day, right? I mean, they were still uh, still still moving. Yeah, the the ones that that had survived helped to blunt the uh, famous charge by General George Pickett of the Confederacy, and uh, along the way captured a Virginia regimental battle flag, the same flag that Governor Jesse Ventura refused to turn back to the Virginia legislature when they asked for he asked him for it in two thousand. Oh, okay, interesting. So the point of this story was we had people uh, write us asking, you know, why isn't the first Minnesota regiment 
regiments sacrifice better remembered. And so you're you're a bit of a student of Civil War stuff, it seems. I mean, you've, you've been to the battlefield. You've read a lot of the books. So you're a perfect person for this story. So first of all, I think the questioners based it, one of them specifically based it on the movie Gettysburg that the first Minnesota is not mentioned there. Uh, but sort of give us a, paint a picture for us a little bit about, you know, what how was this event remembered as far as like the legacy of Gettysburg? How was the Minnesota contribution remembered in that legacy? And, and is it true that maybe we were a bit under undercut in that way? Well, that's not really true. The first Minnesota has been well remembered as one of the 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 leading stories of the battle at Gettysburg and the uh, in the state capitol in St. Paul, you can see a painting of the first Minnesota charge at the in the governor's reception room. There's a statue of Colonel Colville uh, in the rotunda of the capitol. Uh, on the battlefield itself, there's a very prominent monument of a, a bronze statue of a Union soldier running double quick, gripping his rifle towards the Alabamians. And that's a familiar tour stop for those taking the tour out in Gettysburg. Mm-hmm. But in recent years, it has, in fact, been less remembered. And in many ways, its place was taken by the story of the 20th Maine, which was uh, a centerpiece of the 1975 novel by Michael Shera, The Killer Angels, which features the 20th Maine prominently for its charge on Little Round Top. And then that was the same regiment that was portrayed in the uh, the movie in the 90s called Gettysburg. Okay. So in some ways, the first Minnesota has been well-remembered, but it's been overshadowed by other actions on the battlefield. And so if Minnesotans are, uh, you know, in their, if they're in the Pennsylvania area, should they go and see the Gettysburg battle site? Is it, is it, I mean, it's a pretty elaborate historic landmark, right? And then will there be some, is, the, is there a lot of Minnesota, not that, not, not, not that Minnesotans need Minnesota stuff to go see when they're at a historic landmark, but is there some local, uh, local color there that they might be able to oh, see? Oh, yeah. Uh, no, the Minnesota monument is very prominent on the battlefield. And like I said, for years and years and years, including today, I believe that it is a, a tour stop uh, on a popular that, tour a stop. popular t- tour stop. It's a, well, it's a great story. Yeah, you know the. First Minnesota suffered the largest number of casualties of any regiment during the Civil War, and so it's, uh, it's as, a, it, as a percentage. Or as as a percentage, yes, okay. as a percentage. So it's a it's a rather sobering um, record, and yet it's it's a record that Minnesotans have been properly proud of. One thing that was interesting to me when you know because I help assemble all the visuals for these stories, and the veterans of the First Minnesota Regiment, the ones who survived. I mean, they were they they obviously lived into old age, and and there was a lot of pictures of them as old men. I mean, they're going back in the 1890s to dedicate the landmark. I mean, they were still around into the 1900s, right? Yeah. Yeah. In 18, it, you're, you're right. In 1897, it was about 160 First Minnesota veterans boarded trains in Minneapolis to dedicate the memorial at Gettysburg. And I think the last uh, reunion of uh, Union and Confederate soldiers at Gettysburg was in 1913, hmm. if you can believe that. I guess my point is that, uh, yes, there were reunions held by these veterans who were in their 80s. And, and it's worth noting, too, Eric, that Minnesota had the last surviving Union uh, member who was uh, a Duluth man named Albert Wilson. Mm-hmm. He was the last known living Union veteran when he died in 1956 Okay, at the age of 106. Wow. So, wow. 
Well, fascinating. Well, Kevin, thank you so much. This is an interesting history. I'm sure if you go to school and if you grow up in Minnesota and you go to, go to school here, I'm sure you learn this in uh, in your classrooms and stuff. I didn't grow up here, so I didn't get this. I just hear allusions to the first Minnesota and Gettysburg, and I never really got the full story. I could have sought it out. I didn't. But this story really filled me in on all the details. And people should read even more of those details in your story online, which we'll link to. Well, I was happy to have the chance to fill you in, Eric, and and the rest of our readers and listeners. Totally. All right. Well, thanks for coming, Kevin. Good to be with you. All right, folks. That's it for today's show. Are you enjoying this podcast? (laughs) Well, do me a favor. And can you please tell a friend about it? Any help you can provide to spread the word about this show is much appreciated. And if you have thoughts about the show or would like to submit a question for us to tackle here at Curious Minnesota, shoot me an email at curious at startribune.com. Thanks. Thanks for listening to Curious Minnesota. We want to hear from you. Ask questions and read more stories online at startribune.com backslash curious. Our show is recorded at the Star Tribune's headquarters in beautiful downtown Minneapolis. And our music is produced by Matt Gilmer. If you like the show, please rate us on iTunes or leave a review. And until next time, stay curious.